Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Matt Harmon, joined today by Dalton Del Don. Dalton, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Not much. Uh, how's it going, Matt? Did you enjoy the Super Bowl? Yes, uh, I enjoyed it. I thought, uh, obviously, in, uh, like everybody enjoyed the halftime show. I thought the game was almost kind of um, uh, a perfect, like we got this beautiful like postseason, except for the stuff with the the freaking, you know, last seed teams that I've railed about enough at this point. But like after that, divisional round conference championships, we got some great games, great moments, like stuff that I'll never forget. The Super Bowl, to me, ended up feeling a lot more like uh, some of the regular season, which was like a little weird, some sloppy parts, didn't quite know where it was going, but it ended up with the team. Uh, I think on our big preview pod, I'm pretty sure I said Rams to win, Bengals to cover and the under and like check, check, check. So actually it was a, it was a Super Bowl that like ended up being kind of what we thought. So maybe at the end of the day, uh, it was a little more predictable, but yeah, I, I thought that it was almost more of like a perfect encapsulation, you know, two, four seeds, like a little bit, like I said, a little bit of sloppy play of the regular season that we had, maybe not that electric postseason that we had. Yeah. It was nice to see seven straight games. I think the final seven games were just all close one score games in the playoffs, uh, entertaining Super Bowl wasn't the best of them, but um, we all expected that Bills Chiefs to be it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and it was satisfying enough, the the results. And I was with you. I took the took the point so and the under. So I was happy with happy enough with the outcome. But um, although as a Niners fan, I'm like, can't we Garen Donald go ahead and retire now? It, uh, yeah, right. Sunset. And McVeigh be a family man getting married. Uh, but yeah, congrats to the Rams. That was amazing. The, the awesome play by Donald at the end uh, where Chase was apparently open and uh, downfield. So yeah, it was a, a fun game that came down to the end with a couple McVay running the, the fourth and one from his own 30 yard line with five minutes left, yeah. you know, to, to cup. I mean, I don't, I don't know if Shanahan calls that play there. And then the, the, the questionable defensive holding at the end after they had let them play through it all. But of course the, the long T Higgins touchdown too. So I was satisfied fun football year. It lasted forever as everyone said. Um, but um, yeah, Ready for the next one. Yeah, the refs woke up and were like, hey, wait a second. I got to get in this game. <laughs> we we got to get in this thing, buddy. Um, I, I do think that, you know, obviously the biggest questions with the it's it's hard talking about this game kind of coming out of it. And we're not going to talk about the Super Bowl today, but I will say like it's hard because we theoretically don't know what the Rams are going to look like next year. Although I will say, obviously, during the parade. Sean McVay has said we're running it back. His fiance is posting on Instagram that he's not retiring. Uh, Aaron Donald says, why not run it back if we've got a super team? Now, the caveat to that is those guys have been boozing pretty hard for like the last, what, two and a half, three days. So, and we've all said things that we don't really mean after like three days straight of drinking. So keep that, you know, that caveat in your mind. But I kind of feel like the Rams will be, will be back pretty close to intact the team that we know right now. Yeah, can you blame them? They were probably overly excited with that raucous crowd. You see the people filing in. There were <laughs> no literally comment. dozens of, of L.A. fans there. Literally dozens filled the streets. I'm not getting – I will not get on in on parade discourse. That's like one <laughs> okay. Twitter topic that's like <laughs> fair. I could that's not – I had to could, take a shot there. Come on, I had to take a shot. Okay, oh, yeah, fair. for yeah. you. T- t- take your shot, man. I, I get why you – it's but like for the people that – do you really have nothing better to do than with your life than like judge a parade size? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> they don't. So they, you still win the Super Bowl, but uh, yeah, I think it is pretty funny. Uh, for you, I'll I'll allow it, Dalton, because you have you. reason to. But anyways, 
We're not going to talk about the Super Bowl today. We're actually going to be kind of talking about some of the changes that we already know are taking place um, around the league, you know, coming for next season, what they might mean for fantasy. Basically, let's like look at this as uh, this is what you missed while we were watching that electric postseason that we all uh, knew and loved there. And let's start off, obviously, with head coaching changes. I feel like I actually haven't unpacked my thoughts on a lot of these, so I'm, I'm excited to kind of kick it back and forth with you here today. Let's start in Chicago, where um, mercifully, Matt Nagy was obviously let go. Ryan Pace let go. Um, they bring in Matt Eberflus, defensive coordinator of the Colts, to be the new head coach there. They bring in uh, some, gosh, who's it? It's Ryan Poles from the Chiefs. Uh, he used to play, actually, he it was an undrafted free agent with the Bears. I don't think he ever actually logged any game time, so that's kind of cool Uh, but anyways how do we think this kind of uh, the biggest question is you would think that the priority number one for Chicago in 2022 and beyond is let's get Justin Fields rolling the offensive coordinator is Luke Getze from uh, Green Bay how do we feel about this uh, for Justin Fields and company pulling up the old player uh, profiler on Fields, I was surprised to see he actually only ranked 21st in fantasy points per drop back Uh, he did rank second in air yards per attempt Regardless, we all should be excited about his fantasy prospects entering year two. A guy who runs, it'll be hard not to rank him top 12 as a fantasy QB. Um, I would have preferred an offensive mind take over as head coach. That's just selfishly as a fantasy guy. But um, yeah, I don't have a, a huge opinion on Eberflus. Uh, but yeah, I mean, wheels should be up with, with Fields. He has some nice playmakers in Komet and Mooney. Um, yeah, you got to be excited. From a fantasy perspective, he's going to run and he's going to rack up the fantasy points. Yeah, you would you would think so. Um, it's just about how do they build that infrastructure around him? Because you look at Chicago right now. I mean, they've got David Montgomery. They've got Darnell Mooney, who I think is a good player, but should absolutely not be a team's number one receiver. Hmm. You know, and, and like they have a horrific mess at offensive line still. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of work to be done. And of course, the Bears don't have a first round pick that is sunk into the Justin Fields trade from last year. So, um, Ibrufus, I think it's just all about like setting a culture. I think that uh, obviously what they built in Indianapolis is a really good strong example of that and obviously they do have an offensive uh minded play calling head coach at the top of that uh structure there so that's the difference here but i think that's pretty much going to be um you know kind of the way that this goes so it, it really is sort of to me i agree like a wait and see with chicago yeah all fair that's fair and for i mean i've said this with justin fields too i think he's got I mean, he's got the right mindset. He's aggressive. He pushes the ball downfield. The rushing, of course, from a fantasy angle totally makes sense um, to, to be excited about. But for, like from a passing perspective, he, he was just as bad as like a Zach Wilson last year, too. So, uh, again, there's just a lot to gr- there's a lot there uh, for room for growth that I'm not sure that I'm. And maybe this is because I got so excited about Fields and Lance last year and that did not work out. I'm still a little bit like hesitant to go completely all in on Justin Fields, even though the rushing equity is obviously there. Yeah, it is interesting to note, though, just how how downfield he was attempting second highest air yards. I mean, that's that's, you know, that's uh, you can maybe overlook some of the accuracy issues there. And yeah, he has a lot of room for improvement as a passer. No question about it. This next one's interesting. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett gets hired by the Denver Broncos. Uh, We have a few questions here. Um, Is the offense going to be, uh, you know, more pass happy than it's been? I think I'm going to go ahead and say, like, they can't possibly be any less, any more conservative than they were last year. This was an extremely conservative offense with Vic Fangio kind of run, you know, running the show from the head coaching position there. Pat Shermer, like, uh, give me a break with Pat Shermer as your offensive coordinator. Um, It's a very, it was very conservative attack last year. I think it will be more progressive this year. I, I think like Nathaniel Hackett, who doesn't necessarily come from the like directly off the the Lafleur Shanahan tree, he actually spent time in Jacksonville with Blake Bortles and read like a different coaching regime entirely. You know, he's not. I think they'll probably run an offense similar to what they had in Green Bay, which I think is great. That's efficient. You know, it's going to be. Um, it's going to lead to a lot of layups for these quarterbacks, whoever that quarterback ends up being. And of course we're going to talk about that as well. Um, but I do think if he, if he does run that type of system, it's a, it's a good look for uh, all these guys involved, especially Javante Williams at running back. 
I immediately bet the Broncos right after the season, and I don't think I got long enough odds in hindsight. Rodgers may not be a slam dunk coming there like I assumed with Hackett uh, going over there. Um, actually, the uh, there was someone tweeted out, a Niners beat writer tweeted out that the odds, uh, if Rodgers does not return to Green Bay, the Niners are currently the favorite, and then the Broncos. I mean, that just seems wrong to me. Um, but um, he might return to Green Bay that more than I than I realized. I thought all this was all the, the coaching staff going over there was just signaled that this was a sure thing, but um. It's possible it's it's not Rodgers, and then yeah, then all bets are off these receivers. There was a well, here's the thing, Dalton. Here's the thing, Dalton. I think that I think they would love for it to be a sure thing, like George Payton and the boys there. Because remember, this is a this is a general manager that was hired last year had Vic Fangio as a lame duck there. So like they've had a while, and obviously there were all the rumors at the draft that they were involved last year. Um, passed on Justin Fields. Speaking of Justin Fields, passed, passed on him for Satan. I mean, he's great corner, but I mean, a cornerback over a franchise quarterback, you better have some insight that Rodgers is coming. Exactly. It seems like they, th- and you know, you go ahead and hire Nathaniel Hackett as offensive coordinator. But the problem is if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm looking at this situation, not just in Denver. I'm looking at the AFC in general. And, you know, we've got Patrick Mahomes, we've got Josh Allen, we've got Joe Burrow, who was just in the Super Bowl. Um, You know, this is probably, I I would bet whatever amount of money you want to put at it, uh, you know, give me some decent odds here that, like, this is the last time we're in the next three years that we'll see both Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert not in the AFC playoffs, right? Um, The Raiders, obviously, we're going to talk about them in a little bit, but, you know, the AFC is a really strong conference. You look at the NFC, the Rams obviously just won the Super Bowl. Uh, the Niners are turning over a new quarterback. They were in the NFC Championship game. Tom Brady has retired. Like, if you're Aaron Rodgers and you want to win one more damn ring, why would you not want to stick, even, you know, and it sounds like the relationship, maybe this is, you know, media spin, all that. It sounds like the relationship is better now for Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Why would you not want to stick in the NFC instead of going over to the conference that's more stacked at this point, I think we can say, with the AFC? Those are fair points, especially if they can bring back both he and Adams. Yeah, the New Orleans lost Peyton and Breeze last year. Uh, Seattle might lose Russell Wilson. You said it. Niners are going to lose Jimmy G. I'm kidding. But um, the 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 NFC does appear an easier path, especially joining the division, uh, the AFC West with, with the QBs there. So, um, yeah, he may just stick with Green Bay. And then that's a problem for Denver. And there was a, a tweet floating around with Jerry Judy. Uh, how he's just, you know, fantasy production has just not been there throughout his career. And uh, it's very important whoever does land there at QB with all these very appealing skill position players with Sutton, Judy, Noah Fant. And then obviously you said Javante Williams could be, you know, if Melvin Gordon leaves and Aaron Rodgers goes there, I mean, Williams will be a top five overall pick. So yeah, a lot, of, very important who becomes quarterback in Denver. Yeah, I feel like Broncos fans should start to wrap their minds around the idea that they're not going to get Aaron Rodgers and they'll probably be like a, you know, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, and then like a rookie type of team. And I know that is like, it's a huge downgrade from what you'd like, but that might be kind of the reality that they live in right now. You mentioned the skill position players. I think the tweet you were talking about is from, I think I saw from Ryan McDowell that uh, Jerry Judy's played something like 26 uh, games and he's finished inside the top 20 fantasy receivers twice. Twice. twice um, yeah. yeah it's, that was it's, it. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Uh, I have maintained all along with these Broncos receivers. that There's just too many of them. Um, coming into last year, I was like, I don't understand how you can have two top 35 receivers on this team plus Noah Fant as a top 10 tight end. Like, unless you think Tim Patrick's going to totally go away, Tim Patrick's not going to totally go away. He wasn't going to go away last year. He's not going to go away this year. They signed him to a contract extension. They also have KJ Hamler coming back. I can't imagine a scenario unless they land a Rodgers like quarterback where I want to draft any of these Broncos receivers because like you know Cortland Sutton was completely unplayable once Jerry Judy got back it was clear like all right once that's why I think if you look at these stats you know they're gonna look better for Sutton but that was most of all of that not most all of it came without Jerry Judy last year so I think these guys are all good players but I can't imagine getting jazzed about them no matter what type of offense they run if there's not a good a plus b plus type of quarterback yeah, Sutton was completely unplayable, and he was still getting regularly ranked in the thirty to forty range. But it was bad. The tar—it wasn't just a production. I mean, the tar, the volley. There was just no opportunity was even there. But yeah, so it just—it's just key who who becomes QB here, and that's uh, obviously the storyline to follow. And uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see Rodgers go there and switch it up. But as time, pa- like if you'd asked me three weeks ago, I would have said for sure he's going with the Broncos. And now I'm like, ah, man, I guess I'd lean toward him returning to Green Bay. Yeah, kind of feels like that's how this is going to end, but you know we could easily be wrong there. Uh, let's talk Texans. Whew. 
All right, let's get well, number one. They obviously wanted to hire Josh McCown as their head coach. They've wanted to do it two years in a row now, and they've been haven't been able to 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 do it. And I think this past year, obviously, I think they would have done it. And then I think my I have no sources on this. Obviously, take it you know take it for what you will. You can just completely ignore me here. But like I'm convinced that they wanted to hire Josh McCown as their head coach, and either they realized that was an untenable situation with the Brian Flores lawsuit, or the NFL straight said to them, "Hey." you're not hiring uh, Josh McCown as your head coach because it's going to basically – the media will never let this go, right? Like this will be the thing that they were talking – like he will be the face of the Brian Flores case. They obviously didn't even hire Brian Flores himself, who was a finalist there as well. They end up hiring uh, Lovey Smith, who didn't get – I believe he got his first interview for the job in like February 6th, like the first week of February. So it was an out-of-nowhere hire. Lovey Smith's defense wasn't – a total joke last year. They had their moments, but they do run a very old, you know, cover two style, uh, 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 you know, a pretty bland version of Tampa two. I, I don't know, man, where are we at with Lovey Smith, and the Texans? No, you perfectly nailed it. That's exactly my assessment of the situation. Uh, it doesn't appear that they have a long-term plan and they're kind of just winging it. And uh, yeah, there's not much more to say there uh, in Houston. I mean, who who knows? I mean, it's likely that Davis Mills is probably going to be their, their, their QB moving forward. Um, but yeah, there's not a ton to like in fantasy. And uh, like I said, I completely agree with your assessment of the coaching situation there. So Dalton, did you even remember that Lovey Smith coached the Bucks? Like, yeah, I, oh well it vaguely, like yeah yeah yeah, yeah va- i vaguely remember yeah, no. like once i, I did not until you just said it absolutely yeah no uh-uh. obviously we remember him from his chicago days they went to a super bowl with friggin rex grossman as their quarterback but <laughs> i forgot like the bucks lovey smith era what and i think he was only there for less than two fewer than two years right um because he got replaced by dirt cutter as their head coach, they were, they promoted him from offensive coordinator. And then obviously he had the stint with the, the university of Illinois. That's where he grew that big old white beard that awesome he's got now, which beard, is pretty yeah. badass, by the way, it's I give awesome. that, got to give yeah. that to Lovey Smith, but yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a very uninspiring hire. That is for sure. Uh, Pep Hamilton is the offensive coordinator though. I do think it's interesting uh, for whoever ends up being uh, the, the quarterback there. If it is Davis Mills, if they go somewhere else, it feels like they'll probably give Davis Mills another shot. He did great work with Mills last year, who was probably the second best rookie quarterback after Mac Jones, as weird as that is to say. Yeah. Um, but then uh, he also, also what he did with Justin Herbert as a rookie and he's uh, he had some time, I believe, with Andrew Luck way early in his career. So that, I think, is a good hire. Pep Hamilton is the office coordinator, I think, is a good hire. So I guess that's what really matters for fantasy. But Deshaun Watson's situation, you know, is that ever going to get resolved uh, at some point? But uh, you know, these civil suits do tend to take forever. And the latest report on Watson is that Tampa Bay has done a deep dive on him. So Tampa Bay is apparently trying to go either Russell Wilson route or maybe Watson route. They're trying to go all in at yeah. the QB position with Brady leaving. So that's that's something to follow. But yeah, yeah they, they ain't trying to they ain't trying Watson. to like mess around with Kyle Trask, you know, right? No, like, they're not. Yeah, yeah they're, they're not even wanna... playing lip service yeah. to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Watson, though, like, yeah, these are all like pure football speculation moves. Like, I think I've seen I've seen Tampa Bay. I've seen uh, that he's interested in the Vikings as well, which I mean, that would be pretty exciting from just a pure football perspective but again the nfl hasn't let teams know like when he might be available i don't think we'll see a situation where you know someone trades for him without clarity on the legal stuff but that is a that's a long way off so like any team i don't think that deshaun watson can be any team's plan a at quarterback right now that that would be very aggressive i don't like free agency opens in a month which oh my god that feels weird to say <laughs> free agency opens in a month and i don't think the situation is going to be resolved in a month let's put it that way yeah oh yeah we're all guessing on that and it's a, a lot to untangle there no question yeah no he's he's going to miss time either way and yeah that's a good point about trying to yeah it wouldn't be 1a certainly not for next season starting starting right away no definitely not all right let's stay in the afc south and move to the jacksonville jaguars we've got doug peterson hired as their head coach if you follow folks from jags twitter which i, I do uh from like my early days on twitter I, it was a very fun fan base still a fun fan base there were uh a lot of reports and a lot of belief that it was this was byron leftwich's job and a lot of fans obviously would want that to happen i think leftwich number one deserves a head coaching job um i think he's done great work as an offensive coordinator uh he's the guy that calls to plays um yeah obviously his relationship and work with tom brady has been fantastic over the last couple years um so that was very exciting but it sounds like that sort of fell apart because he doesn't want to work with trent balky and not a lot of people want to work with trent balky so there's that 
Um, it does sound like the Jaguars are going to shake up their front office in some way. Uh, like it might not be the Trent Balky show. They might just move him into at some point. They might make another hire, like a VP of football operations and, and basically just make Trent Balky. Like you're not doing any relationship stuff. You just go over there and watch tape. Right. But anyways, for now, Doug Peterson has taken over this job. And I kind of think this is good for Trevor Lawrence. Good for Leftwich. Try I mean, not just, just, dealing with with bulky and it's it's shame on jacksonville for not getting rid of bulky man i don't he has this weird way of having this relationship with with his owners and yeah, i don't know it's not great on this yeah yeah, yeah he's an Alex niner guy and it's it's not great with, with bulky and he is is I, I don't know it's it's a not a good long-term look if you're if you're a jacksonville fan having said that doug peterson's a fine hire for trevor lawrence moving forward certainly an upgrade of what he was dealing with last year and i think it's definitely uh yeah a move in the right direction and and there could be worse hires uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Leftwood should be there and Balky should be out and Jacksonville. It, it is, it, it happens, oh boy, the Sacramento Kings are a good example, but it really is interesting to me and Jerry Jones in a way. Yeah, I mean, this McCarthy laughing about how he didn't watch all the tape. It really is interesting, Matt, how these people can make so much money in one venture and just be totally, totally clueless. And they can even make the same mistakes over and over. I mean, it's wild to me how they can be so successful making money and then just be wildly bad at, at making these decisions. And, and yeah, Jacksonville's clearly one of them. Yeah, Shad Khan uh, led the Urban Meyer introductory press conference last year with, uh, I, got, I got it right this time. Well, we know how that ended, obviously. Um, I think that it is good on Byron Leftwich. You know, guys like uh, Steve White and Jim Trotter, uh, they had a podcast for a while uh, that was really great. I really enjoyed listening to it. You know, they talked a lot about on it, you know, that – for these for these uh, black and minority head coaches like the this isn't just like oh just take any job just take any job because you might end like if you end up in a bad situation you might not be Doug Peterson and getting that second chance right like you might be two years and then you're out the door um left which wanted to be paired I believe with Adrian Wilson who uh is a former NFL safety and has been working in the Cardinals front office uh for a while he wanted that pairing they wanted to keep bulky so like good on him for being like hey this is this is I'm not getting myself into a and Jack set up for, is, for failure. Yeah, exactly. you're right. No, I mean set up for failure, and you won't get another try. Yeah, totally. No, hundred percent, man. Yes. Yeah, like he'll get interviews again next year, uh, and potentially better, you know, a better opportunity. Uh, you would think, although it depends again on what they do at quarterback there in Tampa Bay. But yeah, man. I mean, for for Jacksonville, the problem is that. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence didn't have the rookie year you wanted, but I think you can kind of write that up for a mulligan based on what they had to deal with there with the whole Urban Meyer thing. Like, basically, Trevor Lawrence had to, like, I mean, how many times have we ever seen a not just a quarterback, but a rookie quarterback have to, like, answer questions about his pre uh, at press conferences about his head coach being a clown? Yeah, never. Yeah, never. And even is, is Chark signed, getting him back in ETN, um, get some weapons there. Yeah, it was a, uh, you look, you look at the numbers, it was, it was ugly and hard to get encouraged, but a uh, man, he was, he had a lot going against him. I mean, yeah, it can only be, it can only be an upgrade from what he was dealing with. It's a lot of work though, that's going to have to get done for this offense, this off season, because you mentioned Travis ETN, he's a first round pick, but obviously did not have a rookie season because he was injured in the off season. Uh, James Robinson popped an Achilles towards the end of the year. Oh, that's right. That's a tough scene there. Um, DJ Chark is a free agent. Uh, and, you know, I don't know that TJ, DJ Chark is like a, a franchise cornerstone or anything like that, but he could at least give them some juice. But he missed all that time last year as well. Marvin Jones didn't play that well, although, again, you can maybe write that up to an Urban Meyer mulligan. I mean, this, this was a team that was legitimately running out Laquan Treadwell. As a starting receiver last year, LaVisca Chenault, I mean, I don't even know that you can count on anything from LaVisca <laughs> at this point. Um, you know, he's barely doing anything last year. Uh, maybe he takes another step in a new system, but I think he has to be a big slot receiver at this point. Very limited application. They got nothing at tight end. I think they have multiple starters on the offensive line hitting free agency, too. So, like, I like the hire of Doug Peterson, but there's a lot more work to do for Jacksonville here. <laughs> A lot. No, no doubt. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence will be uh, an interesting. Well, are you in on him next year? I, I'm, I'm guessing he will be relatively affordable because there's so many interesting QBs who run. You know, I mean, I, I don't know the hype. I'm curious. What, what do you think? I, I don't have a strong opinion on him, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, tell me who who's catching passes for him, basically, is kind of where I'm at. Uh, like if, if, it, if it is Marvin Jones and a bunch of goofballs again, uh, I mean, I don't know. How, you know. But but I will say, too, that a lot of the you know stuff that they did with Carson Wentz. In Philadelphia, you know, getting him on the move, get it, get moving the pocket around that type of stuff. 
I mean, Trevor Lawrence is the actually good version of Carson Wentz, right? Like big quarterback, all the t- all the arm talent in the world can move around for his size. Like whatever people wanted Carson Wentz to be, Trevor Lawrence is theoretically the actually good version of that. So I think from a system standpoint, like getting him on, getting some of those RPO looks that they're still going to do that type of stuff, you know, more quick hitting passes. You know, I think this could be a really good fit from a, from a system perspective, especially when you're looking at him from fantasy. So yeah, I think I'd be in on him just depends on who's catching passes just to like, but still he'll cost you basically nothing, which I think is good. Right. Speaking of which, what Wentz might be is out now. But boy, that was a costly Week 18 loss, losing the playoffs. Sounds like they're ready to move on. Yeah, so the the big bombshell reports uh, from Chris Mortensen this this past weekend was the Kyler Murray stuff. Is like there's there's some real tension there, uh, and then obviously the uh, Carson Wentz situation in in indy they might move on they might want to trade him who the hell is trading for carson wentz also tough that they ended up he ended up meeting the snap minimum that they gave up a a top 20 pick uh it's brutal i mean that is a brutal franchise breaking move if you move on it and the the whole theory there is like oh he was going to succeed because of frank reich if you've lost the support of frank reich buddy you're in a tough spot (laughs) no question yeah, yeah, the Kyler Murray report was weird, unsourced. I don't know what the narrative is there, but all, I mean, I guess Murray's also asking for it by removing all all his social media stuff from from the Cardinals. So that's a weird situation too. Boy, the NFC really could lose it. But what if yeah, Murray gets right. out of there too and lose Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers? Go all all go to the AFC. Fine with me. Let's pause on that. We'll come back to the quarterback stuff later because I do want to hit on this stuff with you and see what you see where you're kind of at with it. But let's keep running through some of these coaching hires. Josh McDaniels gets his second chance is can you call it a third chance <laughs> i don't know gets his his his, his next chance with uh, the las vegas raiders um this one's interesting uh mcdaniels basically you know he he, he brings uh, someone from the uh, dave ziggler from the patriots front office i think that is so important for mcdaniels because he talked about this in his introductory press conference like if the whole indianapolis thing hadn't happened for mcdaniels i think he'd be like okay yeah this is a guy that totally deserves a second chance um he was just too young before he talked about not really knowing how to deal with people um he took personnel control in denver and just completely gutted the roster and then whiffed on almost all these moves that he made. I mean, drafted Tim Tebow in the first round, need we say more. Um, but I think the synergy there between McDaniels and Ziegler will be a, pr- that, that I think is crucial to this being a success. Yeah. I'd be encouraged if I were a Raider fan. I mean, hopefully he did learn from his mistakes. He was uh, totally young. Uh, and, and yeah, he's, uh, and then he even realized he wasn't ready to take that Colts job. And now he yeah. feels like he is ready. And yeah, I mean, uh, coming from Belichick, uh, obviously a shaky coaching tree, but um, yeah, I would be, I would be encouraged because it feels like he, as he said, he's learned from his mistakes and now he can, he can deal both sides of the, of the job. Cause being a coach is so many weird uh, extra factors, but um should theoretically be ready for it. Uh, it should be good for offense. Uh, it's be a tough division, but um, yeah, I would be encouraged. You're probably not as entertaining as if Harbaugh went there, no. but um, yeah, if I were a Raiders fan, I'd be, I'd be in. I, I like it. Uh, I think McDaniel's is a good offensive play caller too. Like, you know, I don't know how he's going to relate to people, all that type of stuff. Uh, you know, we just have no way of knowing how he's grown as a person. But I think from an offensive, uh, what the what the work they did with Mac Jones this past year, I think is really good and really exciting uh, for what this potential Derek Carr marriage could be like. I, I think Carr ends up staying in in Las Vegas. I think, although you never know with with uh, th- that was the whole thing, right? That he ousted Jay Cutler, did uh, Josh McDaniel's, and then brought you know wanted to bring and Matt Castle, that whole thing. Like, it was a mess, basically. Um, so I hope history doesn't repeat itself where they oust Derek Carr and, like, they signed Jimmy G just because, like, uh, McDaniels has some familiarity. I doubt that happens. I think Carr ends up back there. I actually think this is a really good offense for Derek Carr, too. Like, getting the ball out quick. Um, you know, pre-snap reads, stuff like that. Could be a really good offense for, like, a Hunter Renfro or Darren Waller type. They've had success with uh, players of, the, like, that archetype in, the, in Josh McDaniels' offense before, too. So... I think I think from a fantasy angle, this is about as good as it's going to get uh, for your Raiders here. They just need to add another kind of coverage dictating wide receiver on the outside. Yeah, I heard him talking about maybe using Waller and Moreau, uh, two tight end sets, and then someone made a snarky comment, being like, uh, "Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith weren't exactly utilized to 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 great uh, success last year in New England." But yeah, like I said, I, I'd be encouraged if I were a Raider fan. Josh McDaniels, young, innovative, offensive mind. Uh, let, let's see what happens. 
Definitely. Uh, all right, let's go to Miami, where Mike McDaniel from Your 49ers was hired. He's already gave us a, a little clue where he basically said, hey, start Jalen. I'd start Jalen Waddle in fantasy. <laughs> uh, so that's eight. Hey, you got it, coach. Will do. I think this is a potentially exciting hire. Um, obviously, McDaniel seems like a pretty cool guy. Uh, he 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 FaceTimed Tua and was very. He said like, you know, this is gonna. I hope you look back on this as like the best day of your career. That whole thing it seems like everybody that's talking like uh, Andrew Hawkins, your former NFL wide receiver, said that he's one of the best like coaches he's ever worked with. People speak really high highly of him. Obviously, uh, he was a, a really important figure for. Uh, the run game there in San Francisco. So I think that's going to be the big question. I think two is probably the start of this year. I think Jalen Waddle, you know, he, if he can be put in just some great positions in this offense, if McDaniel brings anything from the Shanahan offense, like that's great news for Jalen Waddle. The biggest question is who's going to be the running back for this team? Because uh, I'm excited. I'm already excited to draft them. They just can't quite figure out a good running back there in Miami. <laughs> Rumor was McDaniel wouldn't uh, go anywhere where weed wasn't legal, but that proved to be fake news. Uh, but it, I mean, it's a big jump to tear down a head coaching job either. Yeah. Though. I mean, he wasn't even calling plays. Um, but no, the, all the all the intel loves this guy. Bright, bright guy. Uh, Debo Samuel reportedly met with him first person meet every every Tuesday morning to go over the run game plan. He would draw up all the run. Uh, he was the run guy, and Shanahan was the, more the passing. And boy, that the run game is what was really successful for the Niners. So it's uh it's an inspiring hire. He gives uh. Uh, real entertaining interviews and um yeah i'm excited to see to see what what happens next uh yeah about the running back though maybe yeah fantasy wise maybe they draft one or something a rookie to, to get excited about because yeah it's not exactly anything too uh too too uh exciting there now but waddle maybe he'll just continue to catch all the all the short passes and you love to hear mcdaniel even even reference fantasy so yeah yeah someone needs to ask mcdaniel what he thinks about trey sermon though i want to know what his hand was and if he's designing the run game i want to know if he had anything to do with like oh we're just gonna push trey sermon to the side good good scouting on obviously eli mitchell there that ended up being the correct move but uh if they draft somebody in miami you know in the third round and then they take another guy in the sixth round i'm gonna keep my eye on that sixth round guy right uh yeah whose but, fault was that no seriously yeah mcdaniel by the way is bringing over a bunch of nine niner coaching staff like you mentioned the other guys and that's that's the worrisome with, with like say the Ni Niner fan not just McDaniel but people coming head coaches they also need their you know other people to help them along their way and he's and he's he's poaching a few of a few of them yeah I mean the, we're going to talk about a, a Rams poaching uh in, in the next conversation we're going to have here but like that brain drain is real you know like how many guys have left the Rams coaching staff over the past few years if you have a good infrastructure and you're able to you know the credit to Sean McVay that he does go outside the building to like bring in new voices bring in new names that type of stuff he doesn't just constantly promote from within I mean although you, you know people are going to nitpick the hires and stuff like that it is what it is um but yeah so I think that like that brain drain has been real in places like new England in places like the LA Rams. So that could be starting to happen there for the San Francisco 49ers. It is also worth noting too, Washington, you know, is gets a lot of the headlines for their and deservedly. So for their uh, trash culture and like everything that's going to go on with Dan Snyder this off season, the fact that, NFL Network and like Ian Rapsheet, Ian Rapport put out that like there's going to be an investigation into uh, Stephen Ross, like you know the actual like part of the NFL put that out there. That could be something to watch with the Dolphins this off season too. That you know if they find anything really did happen uh, with Stephen Ross, who to this point hasn't like come out with a good. <laughs> defense of, of of for himself um, oh i believe flores 100 percent. yeah yeah i think he's lying yeah. yeah yeah so like if they but if they find any like real evidence that that's true they're gonna take that i mean the nfl will take like integrity of the game so seriously especially as we're you know moving more into a more and more into a sports betting world that is going to be a huge huge thing and i could see him being forced to sell the team that wouldn't shock me at all um you know that's again been mentioned in the reports as well so mcdaniel could be coaching during quite like a crisis moment potentially for the dolphins or at least like an inflection point moment for them yeah well, that is that is another good point and even in washington it sounds like snyder the owners may finally be fed up with him too i mean Give me a break with Dan Snyder. Don't, don't even get me started. All right. Kevin O'Connell hired by the Minnesota Vikings. I mentioned that brain drain does continue there from the L.A. Rams. He was the offensive coordinator who did not call plays 
in LA, but uh, comes from this tree, obviously spent time in Washington as well. You know, this is a, a Kirk Cousins connection. He was his quarterback coach for a year. So does that mean that we feel better about Kirk Cousins, you know, potentially returning as the Viking starter? Or is this a team that, you know, kind of wants to start over the heart? If they had hired Harbaugh, it would have been like, oh, they're just running this thing back. Right. But, you know, hiring O'Connell, this this could be more of like a they're they're looking towards the future, although that might just be a hey we're uh we're 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 gonna give this one more year with Kirk. I'm gonna take him for his word. O'Connell seems to be in on on Cousins, a Cousins fan at least for one more year. Um, this is the other long shot bet. Uh, I got a lot better odds than Denver that I made right after the season ending. I, I Minnesota, what they led every game but but one by by at least a touchdown this season. I mean I, their their defense suffered a bunch of injuries. Um, you know, whatever, the Niners were one quarter away from making the Super Bowl with Garoppolo at quarterback, and I think Cousins is probably better. So I, I think this team is an underrated team that could be a lot better with a different coach. I, I think Zimmer's been holding them back with the play calling, and uh, we, we've talked about all, all this podcast about it. The NFC is wide open, so there's my dark horse, uh, new coach, and I would run it back personally. I would run it back with this team. I think they're, I mean, Herb Smith returning, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. I, I, I and this defense is good. I mean, I, I like, like, again, leading every single game by at least a touchdown, but one this year. I mean, it's, who cares? One score games, that's just coin flip stuff. I think this team could beat any, any team. I, 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 I'm, I'm in on the Vikings move. I didn't even make the playoffs last year, so it sounds absurd. But um, I think they're a dark horse. I mean, hey, I, I can see it uh, again. They have talent on this roster and O'Connell does come from, again, a proven uh, coaching tree of guys there um, for all the like friends of Sean McVay, LOL uh, comments that we've gotten. You know, the, the, we everybody made fun of that. We, you know, a lot of these guys have kind of worked out. Taylor was just in the Super Bowl, right? That's yeah, him, yeah. right? That's the tree, right? Okay. Yeah. Zach yeah. Taylor is in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, Matt LaFleur ha- has led a quarterback to two back to back MVP seasons. Um, so yeah, I mean the, the tree has worked out well. Cliff yeah, LaFleur has got to have like the best winning percentage in NFL history, but he might be it's a absurd, with Madden yeah. territory. Yeah. No. It's absurd. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can say these guys are good coaches. Uh okay, let's talk about New Orleans, who the, we got the surprise news that Sean Payton uh was stepping away from coaching. Dennis Allen. It was funny, they like kind of ran a, a whole coaching search and then ended up hiring the guy that we all kind of thought they would hire because Dennis Allen looked like he was in line for a head coaching gig anyways Uh, he has been a head coach before with the Raiders but you know he runs that defense has been so good in New Orleans Uh, he's been like a difference maker there for them Um, but there's a lot of questions about this roster Uh, who's going to play quarterback they did end up retaining Pete Carmichael as the offensive coordinator after interviewing some guys uh, for that position so sort of status quo here with the coaching staff, but this roster is in a transition period. It does sound like they want to bring back um, Michael Thomas. Uh, this They do not want to part ways with him, which I think is smart, but we also have to mention Alvin Kamara was um, arrested in friggin' uh, Las Vegas after the Pro Bowl, so uh, that is also hanging over this team as well. Yeah, literally in the locker room while they let him uh, play. I was going to bring up, yeah, Kamara, it's just a situation to follow. We don't have any answers now, but definitely something to uh, to pay attention to. Who knows? It could lead to a, a minor suspension. Uh, my, I don't have any strong takes here of Dennis Allen. My only one is that with Peyton gone, I like uh, Taysom Hill a lot less. And Taysom Hill would have been a guy I would have been all over in fantasy leagues uh, ne- next year just because he's ugly real life, but the running gets it done. But now with Peyton gone, I assume that they will uh, go after a different solution at quarterback. Yeah, enough already with Taysom Hill. So um, that the word. No, no, no. <laughs> fantasy. See, that's what I'm saying. See, everyone would say that, but sneakily, fantasy gets gets it done uh, the, down there. But but I yeah, know, I, hear. I know, I know, I know. And listen, Taysom's a nice guy. I've talked to him before, but uh, enough already with Taysom Hill. Uh, okay, Brian Dayball. Uh, there's this obviously was sort of at the central point of the uh, Brian Flores lawsuit as well, but. That being said, Brian Dable, I think, was totally deserving, obviously, of a head coaching job. It's just the, the the way they arrive at these conclusions is, I think, the problem for a guy like Flores and, and what you know he's alleging in his lawsuit, everything like that, which that's another conversation. But the conversation about Brian Dable, I think he was deserving of a head coaching job, uh, you know, a, a obviously led great offenses the last couple of years in Buffalo was a huge part of uh, turning around Josh Allen's career. So can he pull off another now, this is a this is a much bigger miracle, you know, pulling off like a turnaround for Daniel Jones here. Or, or are we out on that? Sorry, uh, I'm circling back here. Josh Allen, 0.62 fantasy points per drop back. 0.62. Oh, no. Taysom Hill, 0.89. It's like a magnitude, order of magnitude. Dude was playing with plantar fasciitis, like messed up feet. 
God, a guy, a fantasy God. All right. I mean, he's just, uh, a, all right. Okay. Where were we? We're talking about Brian Dable. Uh, where did he even end up? Uh, I mean, you yeah, were, you were, you were in the right neighborhood. You said Josh Allen. So close enough. Uh, okay. So Daniel Jones actually is this other sneaky, decent fantasy because he runs, but, um, yeah, I don't know what to make of him at this point. Definitely a crossroads at his career. Same could be said at Saquon Barkley and Tony. I was so gassed up. We talked earlier in the year. I was like, I'm getting, drafting him in the third round next year, but boy, talk about injury concern. I mean, he, he had a litany, a litany, a laundry list of different injuries. That's concerning. I'm probably going to take a wait and see with him and just overdraft uh, Elijah Moore instead. But, um, but yeah, I know it's a good, good hire for the, for the giant. Sure. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the question is how much did Dable make Allen and how much now, you know, chicken and the egg thing, but by all accounts, you should be encouraged and excited to see what they do with on offense. Yes. Uh, look, there's a lot of theoretical talent here, but it is theoretical um, for the giants. They obviously have to fix their offensive line as well. You know, Kenny Galladay, Hmm. is he what are where are we at with the whole kenny galladay experience um you know sterling shepherd where are you taking barkley where are you taking barkley <sighs> um that's a great question I, I think he's a second round pick yeah yeah you can't go after the second but i don't know if i would take him at the back of the first so yeah that's that's right anywhere in the second yeah that's that's the right answer i think yeah it feels like a fine second round pick um just, There'll be smart people saying that ignore injuries, and I'm telling you that they'll they'll be yeah. pushing up McCaffrey and Barkley and just, just saying that injuries yeah. are something you should totally ignore. There will be smart people are making that argument, but man, I don't know. I, I will be the dummy probably being like, I can't handle Barkley. I can't handle it. So many injuries. Yeah, I mean, the question is just how good is this offense going to be? It, it, the injuries are one thing, um, but yeah, I you're right. There's don't another. Yeah. love to draft running backs on offenses with all these question marks. And as much as I like Dayball, I don't know that I'm in on on the Daniel Jones turnaround. I think Daniel Jones has fundamental flaws as a player that Josh Allen did not have uh, as a player. So, like, I don't love that comparison. Um, even though Daniel Jones, he might be like, he's not the bull that Josh Allen is as a runner, but he might be faster and like, you know, in a straight line than Josh Allen is. So there, I guess there's some comparison there, but um, you know, Kenny Galladay, again, wh- where are we at with Kenny Galladay? Sterling Shepard, is he going to be a cap casualty for this team? Cause by the way, their cap situation is a total S show too. I mean, they're, they're in a mess there. Joe Shane, the GM from Buffalo that they hired, he's, he's got his work cut out for him too. And then Canaries, Tony, I mean, listen, I think that Brian Dable is a much better coordinator to put Kadarius Tony in the positions he needs to be put in to win much better than friggin' Jason Garrett. That's for sure. But I mean, the guy has still got a long, 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 long way to go to being a actual down in down out receiver. And that's without all the injury questions and the quarterback questions. So I don't know that I'm going to be gassed up to draft any giants players. And that, that is Saquon Barkley included, even though um, I think you can bite the bullet in the second round. Yeah, contested catcher Kenny Galladay appears like a poor fit with Daniel Jones. Your guy's Shepard is just a target machine whenever he is on on the field. Always hurt. Hopefully though. Andrew, always hurt. Hopefully Andrew Thomas is, is not a gigantic bust and is just an you know can settle in as an okay left tackle. I mean, had some moments injuries, last year. but boy, yeah, he did have moments, and and there could be an argument that injuries are what made him you know look so bad so far. But um, yeah, this is a a nice hire, but a, a lot of work left for sure. All right, last thing here. Um we talked about all this head coaching turnover. There's going to be a ton of quarterback turnover. Let's run through the definites and then let's actually just really talk about um, some of the, 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 the two ones that cropped up over this past weekend. And just, I just want to kind of check your temperature there. Um, we know Tampa Bay is turning over. Although there's always like this kind of maybe thing with Tom Brady that people talk about, but let's just assume in this reality, Tom Brady's retired. They're going to have a new quarterback Pittsburgh going to have a new quarterback Ben Rossberger retired Denver we know they're going to have a new quarterback New Orleans I, they could bring back Jameis but he is a free agent and he is coming off an injury I don't know that you would feel great if like he was just your answer at quarterback especially without Sean Payton Washington I think they're a great Jimmy G location uh potential landing spot there Fitzpatrick is uh going to be a free agent obviously played like two seconds of football last year Carolina is probably going to get in the quarterback market too We know Jimmy G. We know their answer, but we also know Jimmy G is moving on from the San Francisco 49ers. Green Bay, I think they end up sticking with Rodgers. Seattle, Russ could end up being the big fish from this market. But the two things that that popped up this past weekend, we talked a little bit about it, but I kind of wanted to have a wider conversation here. Arizona and Indianapolis. Indianapolis, I get. Carson Wentz is not good. Carson Wentz threw them out of that play, that game, and they, they could have gotten in the playoffs there. But then Arizona, obviously, very weird. Yo, Kyler Murray scrubs all of his 
let me get this off my chest too, Dalton. I think that people that like Instagram stalk or t- social media stalk like these athletes and be like, oh, this guy's deleted all of this stuff off his Instagram. I think that's very weird to do. But could you imagine, Dalton, being a grown adult and being like, you know what? I'm waking up today and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send a message by deleting stuff on my Instagram. Imagine that's that is just ridiculous behavior. I'm sorry. I had to get that on my chest. Oh, it's weird. Yeah, no, it is passive aggressive uh, for sure. And I, I got yeah. what well, he's supposed to get the Oakland A's fans excited. Is he going back and playing <laughs> baseball? Super weird. Yeah, he was upset, set up for failure. He said he, he refused to come back in that playoff game of the Rams. I, I don't know what's going on there, but Kingsbury is obviously not lived up to original expectations. Um, it, it's, it's weird. Yeah, how the team collapses in the second half. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Do you have a take on what's going to happen with Murray? I would imagine he's, they're going to make nice and he'll return almost certainly. I'm sorry. One more thing on the social media stuff. How long? <laughs> how long do you think it would take if you and I, after this podcast, go delete? I mean, number one, <laughs> this would take too long. Let's go delete every single uh, reference to Yahoo Sports on our on our respective social medias and delete all of my uh, like all your videos from your. I, I mean, are you Dalton? You're on. Yeah, you're on Instagram. Like, do you just but do you delete all references? Yeah. Any any yeah. posts that reference Yahoo? Anything like that? How long do you think it would take for anybody, any one of our bosses, to notice? Yeah, I know. I hear you. Uh, my time, I would be awfully empty since most of them consist of retweeting my uh, Yahoo. Work. But yeah, but, but yeah, and, uh, yeah, exactly. You should, yeah, you should do that if you ever get upset. Though, I mean, it's it's he's uh, now set an example of how to passively aggressively go after your bosses. Yeah, except again, nobody would give a d- if I did. <laughs> nobody, zero, yeah. No one would ever yeah, notice no, if I did. That. Yeah. Yeah, nobody would care. Um, anyways, though, to to the Kyler Murray thing, I think it actually sounds like his biggest problem is with the front office because. You know, you think about Kyler Murray the last few years, and I've, I've seen some Cardinals uh, people dig this up that like he really lobbied for them to draft CeeDee Lamb. And um, I think the Steve Kime actually, I think, has a quote out about this where he's like, yeah, I don't really listen to that stuff, basically. Uh, like he'd probably just always tell me, you know, to never draft a defensive player. I'm paraphrasing here, but basically he kind of waved like literally laughed it off and waved it off. Like, yeah, I don't take advice from my quarterback when it comes to picking. And they players. drafted a linebacker Simmons who barely played a rookie year. Right. Not sure yes. how he did. And last then year. They Maybe dra- he's a baller now. Maybe he is. I'm he, sure. He's, he's fine. He's like, but he, they, you okay. know, it was, it was a strange pick then. And then they drafted another linebacker in the first round this year. Um, like you could definitely go back in on Steve Kimes, like, you know, resume there and poke a lot of holes at what he's done. As much as people focus on Cliff Kingsbury, you know, Cliff Kingsbury might be the one that pushed the Kyler Murray pick, which is basically the best thing the franchise has done. Uh, like Steve, oh, Kine they had drafted going, Rosen in like they the top fifteen the year before. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Oh, yeah, Rosen. that was all, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, they could they could still have been in a world where like. Steve Kime stubbornly sticks with Josh Rosen instead of uh, Kyler Murray. So I think that's the thing there. I think his problem is with the front office. Again, like the CD Lamb thing is a huge, uh, like I, that was a big one. I think there's been some other moments too where he's publicly lobbied for them or lobbied behind the scenes to get certain guys. And you, listen, Steve Kime, like pay attention to the world around you. Teams are, you can't be living in a world where Aaron Rodgers is like, I'm not showing up to a single off season activity because my team doesn't take my input and then publicly laugh off your quarterback when he wants to do it. Even if you can say that like Kyler Murray's not a perfect player. It does sound like they have legitimate maturity concerns with him. That's like why they brought in guys like JJ Watt and AJ green. Like they wanted some leadership there or whatever, which by the way, he's like, what is he? 23, 24 years old. Like, yeah. Newsflash immature sure um but uh, that's not a surprising thing that was an extremely weird report so yeah i i don't know that this is um an issue that's going away but i also don't know that it's a big enough issue for like kyler murray to not be the quarterback for the arizona cardinals next year and beyond fair um Two, two final thoughts I have on these quarterbacks. Washington is rumored, honestly, to be considering 11th overall pick for Jimmy G, which boy, I would not be against. Wow. I, I would not be uh, oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> against uh, that, that move there. Um, but man, looking at all these quarterback situations, as you just listed, now it's possible I'm biased as uh, the guy helped me in my, my big survivor pool during a, a game he, he took over. But Gardner Minshew should be starting. He's one of the 32 best QBs as far as I can tell here. And uh, that's another Urban Meyer thing that just, oh, by the way, one of his other things is he gave him away for a six round pick because he was like too big of an alpha or something. I mean, it's just, that's another bizarre thing, but maybe I'm over. Well, uh, after rea- putting him through a BS 
quarterback right. competition with Trevor Lawrence all year that probably didn't help yeah. Trevor Lawrence's development. Good enough to nearly start over a generational prospect, but also a valuable a late six rounder in the trade market. Uh, yeah, this not exactly uh, makes a ton of sense. But anyway, Minshew to me looks like one of the thirty-two best uh, starting QBs in May. Uh, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see the trade market, and there's it's definitely going to be interesting with what happens. I mean, these are stars: Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens. It seems like there's a lot of guys like that on the market, but we know that usually it ends up not being that way. Like there, there might be a few big fish that move, but it's probably going to be a bunch of medium, like one, maybe one big fish, some medium fish. And then a bunch of like, yeah, Gardner Minshew types are going to end up starting for some of these teams because there's more seats than quality quarterbacks available, especially because this draft class does not seem like it's got, I mean, by all accounts, it's not like last year where there's like five consensus first rounders. Some, some guys are going to get end up pushed up, but like if your team ends up with a um, vagabond veteran and like a Malik Willis type from Liberty, that might be your solution. That's what I meant to also throw in. Yeah, how bad is this? Is a QB class too? I mean, very, I mean, I've seen three guys getting mocked, but you know, they're all whatever. There's got to be some, but yes, the QB class compared to last year is, looks drastically, uh, drastically down. Yeah, three guys that get mocked, but maybe not three guys that deserve to go in that first exactly. round. So that's that's kind of where we're at right now. There's more seats than uh, you know, guys that should be filling seats is kind of where we're at with this quarterback market. But it's going to be a story all offseason. We're going to be talking about it on the show plenty. But that is going to do it for us this episode. Dalton, appreciate you talking with me here, man. Like I said, I haven't unpacked all my thoughts on air about all this stuff yet. So this was good. I enjoyed it. Um, what else you got going on, man? Follow me on Twitter at Dalton Dildon, and I've got some baseball content uh, coming out. Just did a catcher preview. That whole and, thing. Uh, yeah, that that yeah. We'll see if that even uh, happens. But uh, yeah, also you gotta you gotta you gotta check out this 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 video going around on Twitter today of Trey Lance's throw off his back foot going the opposite way. Oh yeah, time to get yeah. excited, Harmon. Time to get excited. Uh, no problem, man. I'm all gassed up about Trey Lance uh, and the trickle down effect for that offense. I'm excited. It's gonna be great. Uh, and I do think like Jimmy G is. If you're Washington, that's a you may not maybe won't be trading the 11th overall pick, but that's a pretty good solution there. So I think it's good for all parties involved here. What's going to happen with the San Francisco 49ers? You know, Dalton and I will be talking about our Niners on this show going forward. His Niners and you know me, me just uh, living vicariously. Ours I will say fine. Dalton, ours is fine. Ours. I, I will say Dalton though. Um, my fiance is like a hundred percent in on the Rams. So say yeah, L.A. Yeah. Uh, uh oh. Uh oh. We're, yeah. I mean, I, I have told her, she's like, you know, come with me, come with me. Dude. Let's be Rams fans. I'm like, it's not going to happen. I'm an, I'm a journalist. I'm an impartial <laughs> observer. Um, but I did, you know, buy her like Rams sweatshirt and a koozie and all this stuff. So she's all, she's all the way in. So I, I like it. I hope they have more rabid can... fans. I mean, it's a good time to be. I got the sickest stadium in planet earth. You just had Super Bowl champs. I mean, yeah, yeah not a bad time. This is a good way to do it. Win a Super Bowl. That's a good way to get some fans. But uh, yeah, either way, it'll be our secret talking about our Niners on this podcast. She, she'll definitely uh, never, ever, ever, ever listen. Uh, but all right, that is going to do it for this show. Like I said, fun time here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. You can follow Dalton at Dalton Del Don to make sure you know when he scrubs his social media. And while you're there, make sure you're following at Yahoo Fantasy as well. We'll be back on Tuesday with more awesome content. Until then, we're out.